0: Is my boomstick. What's your favorite scary movie?
1: What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona
0: and I'm David Uyoa.
1: And we are here this week to finish out our January of 2024 by talking about the films that we missed in 2023. Mm-hmm. So far, We've kind of been, we've, we've been towards the higher end of the spectrum, but like all like all good things must come to an end. <laughs> this week, we are going to be discussing the Spanish film Tin and Tina, uh, released last year. Uh, so this is actually a remake of a 2013 short film, also called Tin and Tina. So in a section mm-hmm. that we're calling Adopting a Fresh Take on Classic Horror, Dave, give me an overview of what you thought of Tin and Tina, man.
0: Okay, so... Visually, this is a movie that I enjoyed. I really from the very first shot of the the church at, at the, the wedding, I thought this is a movie that I'm going to enjoy looking at. Um, and I didn't know enough yet if I was going to enjoy the movie as a whole. Um, that's pretty much where my enjoyment of the movie ended. <laughs> um, I did not like this. I have to assume that it would work better as a short film. Yes. And yet it did not compel me to seek out the short film. So (laughs) like, I'm kind of stuck in this place where I'm like, I'm sure the short film was better. And that's kind of where my relationship with the movie ends.
1: Yeah. um, So, you know, when you're a horror film, there's a lot of different things you can, uh, a film in general, but we focus on horror films. There's a lot of different things you can do that are going to make me enjoy your movie. First and foremost, mm-hmm. you can be a great movie, you make a great movie going to enjoy that. Right. Mm-hmm. You can be a movie that is gr- ridiculously gratuitous. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy that. Right. You can be so bad that you're enjoyable. Silent night, deadly <laughs> night too. Right. Like oh, these yeah. things happen. Um, <laughs> But there's one thing that you can't do if you expect me to talk the praises of your movie at all, and that is be boring. Oh, and it's I, the cardinal I mean, it sin. Is, it is the cardinal sin, right? And I think that what this movie just accomplished in in droves it was being boring. Yeah, I I can't imagine. A world where somebody was like, yeah, two hours, that's the cut, right? Like, I can't can't figure out how there's ever anyone who sat down and was looking at 120 minutes of film going, yeah, that can't get any tighter. I need every one of those minutes. You know, it was, while it had some interesting parts, as a whole, the movie just dragged, man. It, It was... It was one that I, I found myself kind of floating to my phone here and there, or maybe try... I, hell, at one point, just for something to do, I turned off the subtitles and saw if I could keep up, and then I <laughs> rewound, and I was I was about 75%, right? I was yeah. there.
0: Um, You're pretty good with the Spanish.
1: <laughs> it's it's still up there. It just yeah. doesn't happen quickly anymore. Um. So it... I just... Man, like... For a movie that was two hours long there are there are plenty 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 of 90 85 minute movies we've seen where four times as much stuff happens yeah I, I just I don't know I don't know um, I'm blaming Wikipedia and Netflix for labeling this as psychological thriller horror um I don't,
0: I don't know think what that's wrong. I I don't think that's inaccurate. Um, it's just not a good one. I think. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And, and, right. and I hate I hate to say that about um about a movie that someone obviously like worked that a lot of people obviously worked very hard on, um, right? And and something that clearly was kind of a passion project because um I think it was Ruben Stein is the the director and like he did the short film, you know? So obviously like, this is something he cared enough about to, to turn it into a feature.
1: Right. I just don't think it's good. I just, it was, I, I don't know. Like I just, there were, there were maybe like one or two parts of this movie that I kind of found <laughs> compelling and or shocking. Um, I, I guess that the driving force was supposed to be these creepy kids. Um, and, yeah, okay. You know, we'll get to them. They were fine, whatever. I just, man, as, as we go through this for the next, you know, 60, 70 minutes, it's gonna be hard to 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 find some high notes here. And and I hate that. I mean mm. it's 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 good to occasionally do one like this to show that we're not just out here, you know, just watching stuff that we know we'll like mm. and get good grades. But on the other hand, like you said, I, I'm fully aware of the fact that people with far more talent than me. Um, you know, made this and, and edited it and put this sound together and stuff. And so I really do always hate to be somebody who tears something down, but this one, man. But this someone one, has to. But somebody has to, yeah. And yeah. We'll, we'll, at least, <laughs> we'll at least be funny about it, right? So yeah, yeah. This, this this one's a miss, man. I i don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of what we might pull out of this as we kind of put our heads together on it.
0: Yeah, I find that very often when um, one of us, is kind of down on a movie the other one will find a way to uh bring the good that they saw in there uh, up to the surface for for the other one um but when we're both kind of down on it this doesn't happen often i think uh and we don't disagree don't often so. either so like this this is kind of part for the course for us uh we're just usually agreeing in the positive
1: right or mm. like, or it's like one of us is mid and one of us is a little higher, you know. Like it's yeah, it's, you know, it, it's rare that one of us just wants to bury something while the other wants to sing its praises, and so yeah, I don't think either one yeah. of those things
0: happened today. No, certainly not. <laughs> um, and and so so let let's get to the digging, right? Um, so in a section that we're calling Spain, nineteen eighty one, um, there's a story question mark. Um, it happens. Question mark. Um, did w- what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. What, let's what, just Daniel? what?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tin and Tina tells the story of a married couple, Lola and Adolfo, who uh, have a miscarriage on the day of their wedding, uh, from what we mm-hmm. can tell, and decide to adopt some children, uh, or at least a child. They go to um, a convent, they adopt two kind of albino children who are mm-hmm. super i guess pious is the right word I, i'm not even sure they're kind of crazy uh,
0: and they they're, they're crazy with their love of god
1: yeah exactly yeah. um and they the these kids are super weird and mm-hmm. then they 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 do all sorts of strange things uh while living in the house uh lola maybe goes a little crazy because the kids are crazy uh the husband's a pilot so mm-hmm. he drinks a lot. Um, yeah, there's a story here, I guess, right? So, what's interesting about the story here is the idea of whether or not the kids are actually like suffer from some sort of mental illness or if they've just been like brainwashed to this idea that everything in the Bible is the literal word of God and mm. that they need to carry it out to the letter so there, there's there's an interesting framework for a picture there for for a story there right It's like mm. okay yeah that's that's how you get like prophecy killers and shit like that right like this this can go somewhere and that was shout here here we go just real quick i'll find a shiny. shout out to whoever cut the trailer for this fucking movie because i was hyped for it like i was super excited for this watching that trailer on netflix so there's somebody who did their job wonderfully but as the movie drags on you just you're you're like there it's just it's so long between stuff happening like yeah. there's only, there's only, I'll give you 20 seconds that I want to watch weird freak kids spin plates on sticks while singing a song that didn't quite translate the way that the, the, the subtitle said it did near as I could tell. Right. Like, yeah. No, no. I, and that scene was like two minutes long.
0: Yeah. I can't. That song though is actually pretty good. I kind of like the song. <laughs> When they brought it back at the the end, I was like, oh, fuck, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, it it had, (laughs) yeah, I just, the uh, two hours, two hours is too long Mm -hmm. to tell what little bit of a story we got here. There's so much time of nothing happening. And it opens with a bang, right? The first time we find out the kids are super weird they're like suffocating each other with bags to see god and they're Mm. murdering a dog because it bit their mom and it's like oh okay these kids are freaking these kids are insanely weird this is only going to continue to go off the rails but they really peaked at killing the dog like they 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 set the bar too high (laughs) and then everything they did from there was just kind of like yeah but i mean the other day you killed a dog with a pizza cutter so like (laughs) (laughs) How is this interesting? I I can't, I don't know. I I can't understand. When we did Wasetta, there was this really great feeling of, of you, you got what they were after, right? Like when I finished Wasetta, I, I felt, I felt complete in the message that it was trying to deliver to me. When the story and the the credit, when the story was over and the credits rolled on Tenetina, I found myself feeling like I must have missed some sort of message, and I can't figure out what it is. And as a guy who generally considers myself to be pretty smart and you know does this every week for a couple of years now, then I just got pissed off because I was like, well, how did how did I fuck this up? What did I miss? And maybe I didn't miss anything. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's just nothing here, right? Maybe this thing is very much just a, a road-wide puddle with not a lot of depth to it.
0: Um, I think that there's a lot of um, recent Spanish history that's tied into this that is probably going to go over a lot of people's heads. Um, Count me among the many. Uh in in 1981, um, there was a coup in Spain, right. or an attempted coup, uh, which attempted to bring the uh, the fascist uh, Franco government back into power. Um, obviously, Franco, uh, a fascist, had you know these ridiculously conservative views. and uh, Spain, by and large, is seen as um kind of like the, and I realize that Italy is, you know, where like the fucking Vatican is, but right. Spain is pretty much like seen as like the 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 last bastion of Catholicism Catholicism. absolutely it is um yeah. um like when <laughs> when Christopher columbus is is too radical for for Italy. <laughs> Like that's, that's where he goes. He goes to to, to the Spaniards, you know? So, um, so there's, I I think that there's a lot of um, political historical and, and religious undertones there that are kind of framed by the, the, the news that we see occasionally, very, very occasionally. Um, I think that that's something that was done to better effect in another movie that I didn't quite care for, but didn't hate, which was the the Luca Guadagnino um, *Suspiria* from right like 2017 or 18 or something like that. Um, I like the idea of framing the the turmoil going through a character with the the history of a place and especially when that turmoil is something that's culturally significant like religion is in spain um i think that that's great it's a good storytelling device and if your audience is uh, spaniards that's um that's smart but it doesn't make it good <laughs> and uh and and it's it's not good uh it's it's simply not good um at least in my opinion it's it's not good Um, I think that there's not a single likable character here. Um, I think that media in which you find unlikable characters, what works about it is that the situations that these characters are put in are compelling situations. And in spite of their, um, lack of character, they, Lead to interesting moments, and this is completely devoid of interesting moments because everyone behaves exactly the way you think they're going to behave, and no yeah. one does anything. No one does anything remotely cool, ever. No, and and uh, and this is a movie where people are constantly smoking cigarettes, wearing suits, and um and like the decor. And I love cigarettes, fantastic. and I love
1: wearing suits. And I, yeah, and like, I love Art Deco.
0: It, <laughs> it, it, it it was very like it looked cool. It looks yeah. very cool, but no one did anything cool. And right. and and cool is something that cannot be understated. Yeah. It can't. Like, yeah, like no, cool here is here cool. Right. Cool is king, you know? Yeah. And and that's that's kind of what happens here is that all of these characters, which are devoid of character, do nothing. They do absolutely nothing. So her husband, who's a pilot, um behaves exactly the way you think he's going to behave. And he's a dick. Right. And so when he burns, you're like, no, okay, cool. And then when um, when these children who are through no fault of their own brainwashed into being these robotic Catholic demon children and nothing good happens to them, you're like, oh, okay. And the same thing with with every single character here. I found myself caring about none of them. The only thing I truly cared about was the dog the dog was the only thing i cookie. cared about cookie yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and i've got my own cookie we, we've we, we've got i mean she's cookie not cookie but you know it's the same <laughs> fucking thing you know um i cared about the dog when the dog died it was like oh man you know but to me that's part of why this story doesn't work really because are you trying to say that um we need to be accepting of religion that, that to me seems like what one of the big thematic elements here is should we be accepting of religion? And I think that there's a lot of aspects of the story that um, are ambiguous. And so I think maybe uh, Stein is trying to leave that up to us. Like you decide whether religion is something that, um, that we should be making uh, concessions for. And um, Lola stands as I think the ideal that you can be raised in the church and come out okay because she's physically scarred right she's emotionally and mentally scarred and yet she seems to be um like a like a pretty put together person right um and yet these children come along and they have a very similar story to hers and they are not well adjusted at all no and we don't get to see lola's um childhood maybe she kind of suffered this way, but why, why then would she not be more understanding of the children? So nothing about that makes any sense to me, either, either the message of this is that you should be accepting of religion. And despite what these, uh, these fascists are trying to tell you about, um, you know, uh, a return to, you know, uh, family values and Christian values, um, we're pushing into like new territory, democracy, freedom, and we should be accepting of this stuff. Like to, to me, that's just, th- these are two opposing views that are, that, that are here. And that's, that's kind of where I kept getting
1: stuck with it too, was I kept trying to figure out, wait, so are they trying to tell me, you know, is it like a, all things can be fine in moderation message? Is it just straight up like, you, you know, g- that that religion is bad. Is it is it that that holding strong to this idea that family is family is is good or is holding on to this idea that family is family is, is bad because that was one of the things that, that I that kind of kept going back and forth, right? It was there, there wasn't a lot of and I mean I guess you know people are people and people change, right? But the the, the idea that 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 uh, Lola and Adolfo kept like flip flopping. Like with where they stood on things, you know, it was like, okay, no, we don't want these kids. Like they're 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 older and they're gonna be a problem. And it's like, okay, now no, these are these are our kids. And no matter what, Mm -hmm. you know, they made a mistake. Sure, they killed your dog. Oh no, I don't have any kids. Oh, that one's our kid because we actually made it. Like and I I I understand that that a human being is a is a complex thing and that the thought processes change. And over the, you know, minimum of, you know, 10 months that this movie takes place in, right? Because there's a baby at the end. And
0: these two hours certainly felt like it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, You know, I, I understand that, that a lot of things are going to change, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with what I thought they were trying to tell me. Because then for, at the very end, she, uh, th- that act three, man, that act three, I, my, my, I will. I will say the Act Three. Well, it was very confusing. Um, was at least not boring for a few minutes, right? Like some things happened, um, but <laughs> I, I, I couldn't figure out where it was going. And then at the end, it's like we get Lola, who's like returned to religion and 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 returned to these kids, and she's all about it. And she finally says Amen for the first time during her husband's eulogy, and it was like. Okay, so you're back and 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 I get that you know that's the type of thing that might bring someone back to religion is having a traumatic experience and and feeling like you did genuinely experience some sort of miracle that is the type of thing that can push somebody back. They're like, I can see all of these things through the lens of the 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 human being is a complex creature. I cannot see all of these things through the lens of here's a character who we're constantly presenting to you as not complex. And yet we're going to just throw it all up against the wall at the end. And again, that's just where it all gets so confusing for me. It seems like there was never a through line for what I was supposed to get out of this movie. And 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 that that's what bugs me when it's all said and done. It's like, okay, you know, they they killed the dog and that was creepy. And there were some there were some great shots and and there there were some really interesting things. But like,
0: what what was the what was the reason? Like, why, why, why does this movie exist? I think that that is, for me, the the biggest problem here. And the reason why the movie is so boring is because no one is compelled to do anything here. They do things because the writer has forced them to do things. Uh, Everything is Deus Ex Machina. There's yes, no, there's no. And and, and it's because there's no real um, like desire in any of these characters. There's no desire. Because what all these characters want is something other than what they're given in the movie, and yes. and they're and they're not seeking those other things either, because they just do things, <laughs> like right. like and, and 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 that's why nothing makes logical sense. Like to to me, the most illogical thing is the biggest moment. I think is supposed to be the biggest moment in the movie when when Lola puts that bag on her head is the, the house is burning. Like what would drive her to do this? I suppose she, she was
1: trying to see God to figure out, to ask God where her child was because the, the, the twins are not twins, just the siblings. Uh-huh. They, 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 they said that I I want to see God. I want to ask him a question. Right. And they did that whole thing. So I assume that but she that, was unable th- to find, to find it, the baby. Yeah. and I was going to ask.
0: And, and, and it did it got her to find the baby but the thing is that why exactly because why, your house why, is a finite amount of space right right <laughs> and, and the ba- and the baby is in a room that you checked right the baby's right there the baby was in like one of the first rooms that she checked so i i just um and then the other thing i mean none of that happens if um her uh, her husband. I forgot his his Adolfo. Name. Adolfo. If Adolfo doesn't make the completely ridiculous decision to, while he's on fire, <laughs> leave the rain, which will put out the fire, and come into a house where there is no water, right? The whole thing will then
1: made of paper mache.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the fuck, man? Like, that that's the thing is that characters in this movie behave in, like, forget weird ways. Because, like, Dean and Dina are weird. Uh, yeah. But they're weird because religion has made them weird. Because they have no exposure to the outside world. Characters behave in ways that like, just don't make any sense. And, like, it's not even like, okay, well, I probably could have done something different here. It's like... No, 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 I, I, there's no way that anyone would think that that was the right decision to, to what the fuck. Yeah. I, (laughs) there's so many moments
1: like that where you're just like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, characters are solely driven by the pen of the writer. Uh, Mm -hmm. of this film you're not you're not drawing logical conclusions as to why they did these things because there rarely are like i'm sorry i'm not even willing to chalk it up to like oh he was on fire he wasn't thinking if you're on fire the one thing you should be thinking is i need water and you're in the rain Mm -hmm. right like going going into the house yeah no made no sense uh with with lola like okay if your hair is falling out what good does chopping it all off in these these and in these weird sections? And you know, yeah, don't don't I don't want to hear like I, I, I don't there there's no argument here for like oh pregnancy hormones, whatever. Like, no. And if that is your argument, then you portrayed that very poorly, especially two weeks removed from watching a movie that portrayed that beautifully. Yeah. Right. So I, I just every time somebody went and did something, I I just I don't know like i i couldn't yeah. i couldn't figure it out i still i still don't understand exactly why like why the kids like tied her up like you know if, right. if it really if they really weren't trying to like but they they did it because the scene needed to set tension so that we too would think that they were trying to poison her
0: right because either either they were trying to poison her right and and then the scene works or They weren't trying to poison her and then the scene doesn't work. But the thing is that it's left up to interpretation. Right. And because by all accounts, it does not seem as though they poisoned her or intended to poison her, then it doesn't work. And, and even, and even if you
1: were to try to take the stance of the fact that, that, yes, okay, we got that one little, you know, checkoff gun of seeing that the powdered sugar's right next to the, the bug, ki- the, the bug killer or whatever. So even if you were to take the stance of the fact that, oh, they were trying to poison her, uh, then, then I, I wish, th- then you would need to try to justify why suddenly they would try to poison their mother because right. for, for all intents and purposes, there is a, a, a razor thin line of logic behind what these children do, mainly in the veil of what they they think that what they're doing is good. And right. so they thought that they, they thought they were going to remove the evil from this dog and bring it back to life. If your mother is carrying your unborn brother, then... There's there's no way, right? There's 0% chance that you, that you were going to convince me that those kids were going to poison her and that they had justified that in their heads. Because whether or not things made sense to us, there, there was at least some justification to them that then you could kind of go, okay. So you're right. It, so if they weren't trying to poison her, which you can't convince me they were because I can't think of a logical reason that they would, then why the hell did they tie her up? Again, it they needed to build the drama to make us think mm-hmm. they were going to. But when you put those pieces together, they don't fit. And, and no. that's what kept bothering me. Every time something happened, it felt so forced for the the oh, here's some drama, here's some mm-hmm. tension. Right? Like they 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 returned the kids to the orphanage. And sure, I, I I am sure that whether or not you have come to find to to think that those kids are a threat to you and your family, I am sure that it is it takes a toll on a person to just disown a kid like that. But then yeah. to just like completely lose interest in raising your own and like try to blame you know try to put all that on your husband like that didn't make any sense for Lola's character. I will say the husband's reaction for 1981 in Spain made sense but for her to just kind of like completely bail on being a mom and be like man why don't you be a dad like what what is happening um, it was i don't know that that's what that that phrase right there just I, the whole time I'm watching like, what is happening what did i miss what's lost yeah. in translation something has gone awry here
0: well and i i don't think i don't think that this is an instance of things being lost in translation i think that I think that what Stein was trying to do here was present Spain finding a new direction to Lola finding a new direction, but the thing is that the new direction that Spain is going in is kind of moving away from that traditional, you know, conservative view, and Lola's moving back to it. So, right, it, um, it, it doesn't really mimic. So, who, who is then? The, the the protagonist here because if the backdrop of the political landscape in Spain is our um our foil here right then would adolfo be the protagonist you right. know like because he's the one who i guess moves further away from his religious upbringing um throughout the movie yeah while lola comes back to it it just I think nothing about this movie actually makes sense. I think that uh, Stein probably had a decent short film that uh, did well in festivals and got some funding to make a, a, a feature length film and didn't understand what was compelling about the first one in the first place. And maybe that maybe that's because there wasn't really anything compelling about it. And he it it being a short film it was masked yeah, by, right, maybe, yeah like- by by maybe his 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 eye because it is visually striking i do i do think that the movie is beautiful to look at but um but that's uh, to, to me you need to have a story and and as far as story goes there's one moment where i was absolutely appalled with what they did with the dog um right. and then there was there was one moment where i think there was legitimate tension in me and it was uh during the baptism scene right uh yeah that 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 was good i like the way that it was set up with us being able to clearly see that there were eggs in the fridge that then there were no eggs in the fridge i just i i think that so often we were beat over the head with these um with these checkoffs guns and then um and then there was a payoff when we saw it because the build up intention was always because, ah, you see this thing that we did earlier now look right. So then like, why have the kids ask how far away the orphanage is, and why have a tell them that, well, you know, you can cut through the forest and it's only, you know, uh, six kilometers or whatever. Um, if they're not then going to return like, uh, yeah. and, and, and if, if you're trying to leave some question there, then you have to delineate the way that those Chekhov guns are left. And by the way, if you're leaving too many Chekhov's guns, like you're you're just, you're not understanding the use of yeah, exactly. uh, of, of Chekhov's gun.
1: And so, and like I said, that's where like act three of this movie just got so bonkers. Like, and and look, I, we, we say all the time, like I, we don't need to be spoon fed things. Mm -hmm. um and there 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 are occasions where sometimes being left up to the 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 viewer's imagination or what do you think you know that that's acceptable Mm -hmm. but the act three of this like i no i wanted it were the kids there like okay so the nun Mm -hmm. says they weren't but we also know that yeah right but yeah they they're 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 sneaky creepy kids right like we know that they know kind (laughs) of how to get there through the woods or whatever six kilometers and you know, and if not, then who was playing the tape? Why was it? In? It was. Mm-hmm. It was so much, especially after after a hundred and five minutes of, uh, or excuse me, a hundred like hundred forty five minutes of just just nothing happening. Right, just an hour forty five of nothing, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just like, bam! Here is everything. Suck it. Yeah. and yeah. you are like, okay, well now the house is on fire. She can't find the baby. The creepy the the creepy sp- plate spinning tape is playing. And, and, and now she's, now she's choking herself out to see God. Like it was the, whatever, whatever the opposite of pacing is, is what this movie had. Right. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it was, yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know like saying there's just the, the lack of a story here, the lack of a through line of, of information or sense, just all of those things kind of, they just kept piling on each other on top of the fact that like we said at the very beginning, not only was there a lack of story, but there was just a lack of anything interesting for the most part. And speaking of things that were not interesting, um, you know, in a character that we're calling Children of God, I mean, we got like four, I'll give you five people tops that we need to talk about when we're discussing this movie. Um, So let's get into the characters of this. Let's see if maybe as we talk, I mean, we've kind of gotten into it a little bit, but let's revisit them and see if maybe we can figure out some reasons for things, but
0: I doubt it. Um, listen, man. Um, I don't think that the acting was the problem here. Um, so I, I I don't want to get down on, on the actors. Um, but I'll say that I think there was a range of decent and then like, didn't resonate with me performances. Right. Um and and I because I I don't want to say that any of the performances were bad but um some of them certainly didn't resonate with me um I will say that I actually liked the performance of Teresa Raval as the Mother Superior yeah um, to me that seemed like a a performance that was grounded in a sense of realism. Um, I didn't go to um, a school that was ever run by nuns, but I did go to a. Um, I did go to a school that had nuns. Um, actually, very famously here in Miami, um, one of the nuns was murdered by a monk. Oh yeah. I think you've told us this story, like, yeah, you,
1: you've, you've got it, this story a little bit. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I, I only attended the school for one year, but I can tell you that that was not a happy place. <laughs> and, right. um, and I did not have uh, a very pleasant experience there. Um, I can tell you that, um, my experience with, um, clergy is mixed um, there are those that I've had fantastic relationships with and have thought that, like, you know, this is exactly what the church needs to be advertising to people if they want to get people back in, in its seats. And then there's the the kind that have driven me away from the church. Right. Um, and, and, and I think that she does a really good job of playing that second kind where um, she's not very motherly. She's not... Um, very loving she's not very forgiving um she is hard as nails and i don't think she plays her as a character you're supposed to like i don't think she plays her as a character that is supposed to have your sympathy um and i don't believe that she's really there to uh, give her condolences at the end of the movie i think that she's there to try to um convince lola to come back to the church yeah well
1: you very much took uh the one that i was uh planning on talking about so <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, let's look at i mean the movie's called tenantina right yeah. so let's 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 look at tenantina tenantina are uh, i can't figure out if we're supposed to be like lost in the complexity of what these two are like that was the intention right it was like we're Mm -hmm. going to we're uh, we're going to create these siblings that are that are very complex because of their deep founded foundational religious beliefs Mm -hmm. and so we're we're going to we're going to do xyz And we're going to justify it because of, you know, this Psalm, Matthew, that and Luke, this right. And so I think that that was that was the direction that they want, that they had going into this was that these are going to be characters that are going to make you question um, how literal religion is supposed to be. These are going to be characters that are going to make you question whether or not blind devotion is a good thing. When I look at Tin and Tina, I can see all of these things that these characters could have been. But when I watch the movie Tin and Tina, what I see are two two Mm two-dimensional kids that people tried either too hard or not hard enough to make look weird, right? Like if they're supposed to be albinos, let's go all out with them. Let's pop some red contacts in there. Right. Um, and so, like I said, they either tried too hard or not hard enough to, to make them look look weird. And then they, they gave us like half of the equation every time. It's like, here's them doing something extreme, but we're not going to explain to you why they thought it was okay. Here's (laughs) them explaining something, but they're not going to, do anything about it like mm-hmm. i feel like we kept getting one part of what i believe these characters were supposed to be which i believe that these characters were supposed to make you question the idea of fundamentalist catholicism and this uh this absolutely dronish idea of following something that you know one dude in a bulletproof car says Mm-hmm. right I, I feel like that's what we were supposed to get <laughs> so i almost said one yeah. dude who sits on a weird throne then i was like i don't know what the pope sits on but i know he drives in a bulletproof car
0: right yeah uh <laughs> we know he wears a funny hat
1: and i know he wears a funny hat yeah. right um and i know that uh in the year 3000 he's reptilian so <laughs> Um, so I I know, I I feel like I know what they wanted me to get out of Tenantina. I feel like they just never could quite figure out how to get that across. And so I I think that that upset me more than anything was because I'm not one of these people who's constantly on the lookout for something that skewers religion. Look, I'm not Mm -hmm. religious by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like if it helps you be a better person, then, you know, bless you. You move carry on right. with your life. Yeah, yeah. No, not my business. But I wanted—I I didn't want a skewering necessarily. But I—but I, but I wanted—I wanted something. I wanted there to be some commentary here out of characters that quite obviously seemed created to give me some sort of commentary. Right. And and I think that that's what bothered me about these characters of Tin and Tina was there. There was the the potential here for a lot of depth in characters that could have raised some questions and kept things interesting, but they were never established as that they just kept being established as weird. And, you know, granted whatever TV show they were watching all the time with the space oranges, didn't seem to be helping, (laughs) but, (laughs) but they, we, we never got anything that was any sort of commentary that, that seemed to stack up against the news reports or mm-hmm. or their 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 adopted parents, uh, you know, relationship. Nothing they did seemed to affect anything else in the movie, or their their, their motivations didn't seem driven by anything else in the movie. And and I think no. that that's what bothered me.
0: Um, I I will say, um, the other character or the other actor that I was going to say, um, I thought had a um a somewhat compelling performance. And I don't think it's her fault. I don't think it's anyone's fault that the characters are are bad here. Uh, at least not any of the people that we see on screen. Uh, but Anastasia Russo as uh, Tina, I thought um, occasionally made me say, oh, okay, like there's, there's a person there. It's not just this um, like robotic um like Bible quoting machine. Um right. I didn't get that from Teen. And I'm not saying that, and I certainly don't want to talk negatively about a child actor, but I, I, I don't think that what Carlos Morillon brought to Teen did anything for me. Um it to to me it was too emotionless for me to care. Yeah. And um and, 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 and I, I don't know. I mean there's there's all sorts of you know uh social issues that people have that that could be the cause for that as well, but that was nowhere near the commentary. Right, exactly. I, 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 like this I, is this is not a movie about autism, you know. Correct. Um so uh and, and to me he struck me as an autistic kid. Right um and um Tina didn't. To me, there there was much more um, social awareness with her, um, and in fact, she was kind of the the ringleader in in a lot of the antics that went on. So um, I didn't get that from her at all. Uh, but again, that's that's nowhere near the commentary. So like, why am I picking up on this? And yet. I shouldn't be, or at least I don't think I should be. So um, I, I I don't know, man. I um, I can tell you for sure that the the performance that uh, I that resonated with me the least was Milena Smith as Lola. It did nothing for me, absolutely right. nothing. Um, she was mostly expressionless, and uh, the one time that I think she expressed emotion um, when the house is on fire, and like you know, she lets out that that yell. Um, I was like, "Oh, there we go! Finally!" You know, yeah, it happened. Um, we got something. Yeah, and and I was thinking, you know, I, I think very similarly to you. It's like, okay, this is, and I noticed about like, I don't know, maybe thirty seconds in to that one shot, like. They haven't cut here. I think they're going to do like a like a long take. And I was like, okay, so this is probably going to be like where the story gets interesting. I'm like, there's still 20 minutes left. Like if the last 20 minutes are strong, I can forgive something here. And like not even in her acting, not in 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 Jaime Lorente. There was just there was nothing, nothing there. I really wish I had something more positive to say here than just like, Hey, yeah. Like, I uh, I didn't dislike this person's performance. Right. But, um, that's, that's kind of it for me here, man.
1: Yeah, man. I just, again, with, with, with Tina and Tina, I can kind of see right with, with, with Lola, I kind of, kind of right. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I, I look at, I look at Adolfo and I, I got, I got nothing like outside of, (laughs) you know, in the beginning, he's just like, I'm a husband. Now my wife can't have kids, but we should have a family. And that's what we're going to go do. And it was like, okay, like I get this guy. Right. And uh, I, it seemed like he went, I guess where I'm having, where I'm having trouble with the character of Adolfo is the fact that he went from this guy who was just sung. So gung ho about everything to, I mean, just suddenly a guy who didn't give a shit like and and mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. Like it just right. it just it, it just it was like he was fantastic and he was a family man until that baby was born. And then he's like, no, all I care about is beer and football. Right. And and, right. and where did and, that and like, come from? Yeah. Where where did that come from? You know, Mm -hmm. where did where was this guy who was like out buying flowers and telling the kids to make their mom breakfast? Like, where did that guy go just because a baby was born that that now? And I don't know, maybe it's maybe it was a social construct thing that that he wouldn't, you know, console the crying baby in the restaurant or whatever. But it's like, where where is the dude that was here for the movie up until now? and And Mm -hmm. why is he suddenly this guy? I, I was, again, not, not the actor's fault. That's the dude from money heist. Um, He, he plays yeah. Denver in money heist and he does a great job in that. So I know this actor mm. can be great, but you, when your character is written to do something, you have to do it. Right. And you can't just, be, you know, you can't, just be like, this doesn't, I, I don't, I, I can't do it this way. This doesn't make any sense, you know? And so yeah. nothing against that actor, but just that, that character, Made a decent amount of sense in, in you know, kind of backing the kids and trying to keep his family together until he didn't. And man, when he didn't, did the goddamn wheels come off. Like yeah. I, you, you're you don't have to be a, a Mensa level intellect to say, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I shouldn't go fix the antenna during a thunderstorm. During and maybe storm. It's okay. yeah. I just don't have TV tonight, you know, like it's mm-hmm. and, and, and that's OK yeah but, and the, the guy's the guy's a, a pilot so he's obviously got a decent amount of intelligence i've seen inside cockpits it's like a thousand buttons and switches and <laughs> you know and i'm pretty sure at least six of them do something so we know the guy we, <laughs> if, if, if you're listening and you're a pilot i know your job is very tough um yeah <laughs> so i know the guy seems to have a modicum of intellect so so why is he suddenly like uh uh, a, an Abbott and Costello level of idiocy in what he's doing here at the end and a, deciding to adjust the antenna in, in, in a storm. I, I'm just, again, the, the thing I'm always going to keep coming back to is, you know, like why? I'm just so confused. Yeah.
0: I, I think that he uh, very much like Milena Smith had to play these characters different every scene because their motivations were never clear because what drove them was never clear uh it's almost like playing a different character every scene and and it comes off that way like where's the character that was there before um you know she's so happy to like throw jam at the kids yeah. in the kitchen and then and then they'll they'll do something It's like no you can't do that like what the fuck like I, so is the commentary here about like bipolar disorder? Like what, what, what is, what is the commentary here? Because no one behaves in a logical way. So I, I just, I, I, I don't get it. You know, like he's, he's dead set on, on having a family. And yet like that scene you keep going back to, it's like, he's telling her he's not good with kids. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know that I, I, I'm not good with kids. Pick up the kid, you know, what the fuck? You know, I I just yeah. I, I don't uh, and, and that's the moment that they decide to show that uh, that Lola is like caring for herself before caring for anyone else, you know, because like she finishes her cake before she she picks up the child. I don't know. T- to me, there was um there was just a lot of mixed messaging here. And I think that the actors did what they could with uh with the material. But I think it was just that the material was bad. Um the one thing that we have talked about in any sort of positive way has been uh the actual filmmaking here. Um so the the production value of this uh is there anything in particular that stands out to you as as a positive here or uh, negative you,
1: Yeah, well, positive I mean yeah, this thing is it's striking. Right? Mm-hmm. They use they use a lot there's a lot of really great colors here and and I understand like I said I I I understand what they kind of had in mind with the way that Tina and Tina look mm-hmm. I get that but I mean just the the home I what I what I found really interesting about the way kind of the home was shot was they, they I found myself at times and, and I found myself at times Thinking like, oh, they live in like a really nice house. And yeah. then I found myself at other times being like, Well, maybe it's more of just like a, a like a middle class thing. And I and that was a time where I was like, okay, I'm okay with this kind of being ambiguous, right? Like they've they've got a pool, but the house kind of seems run down at times. And and it was, you know, there was a little bit of back and forth between that, and and I could see that. Like I that I, I understood, but just the way that this thing looked, the scene that there was, there was one transition in this that I thought was just beautifully done and possibly the most emotional moment in the entire film, and that's after they find the dog dead, mm-hmm. and Lola eventually just lays down next to the dog and screams, and then perfectly in that same spot on the screen, we see them throwing dirt into the dog's grave. Like, yeah. that was... That was so wonderfully shot and edited, and just and pieced together. Again, bar set way up here. This movie's two hours long, and that happens at like thirty-five minutes. Yeah, that is where you keep scratching your head because you started way up here. Like, oh, these kids, these kids can talk to God when they when they strangle each other and they they murder dogs and and yeah. look at how beautiful this scene is. There was so much potential through that moment. But then it did continue to look very good. Uh, you know, you you talked about the long cut kind of at the end and and everything kind of flowing in that one scene. There was definitely a great cinematic eye that put a lot of this together. But I mean, that's it right mm-hmm. this is it's it's kind of like when hunger and i did uh the wicker man remake and it was like the sets were pretty wherever they filmed was a gorgeous <laughs> location and that was all we could find uh and so i mean yeah it was it was shot very well
0: yeah um i'm kind of of the same philosophy here i think that um beyond directing and i think even more than directing um rubenstein knew who to hire for set design and he knew who to hire for uh like production design costume design um it looks gorgeous um whoever the cinematographer was chose gorgeous lenses to to use on their cameras here um it to me i think one of the the only positives that i can say here is that for a movie to take place in the 80s and the early 80s at that and not look like stranger things which to yeah. me doesn't look like the 80s it looks like what we remember the 80s looking like um so it's not bathed in neon um there's not a ton of hairspray there's no not one leg warmer in sight you know like this to me is the way i remember Photographs of my childhood looking is the way. Like when you look at the photograph, yeah, this is what
1: it looks like. I that that's what I you was going to say too. Like this looks like, yeah, this looks like it was filmed in the eighties.
0: Yeah, if you if you watch movies that were made in nineteen eighty one, this is what they looked like. And I think that yeah. that is the one true feat of this movie is that, um while I often found myself drifting to my phone and uh, checking Instagram or Reddit or something like that. Um, I always looked back up when the scene changed so I could see the composition of the shot so that I could see the lighting here. So I could look at this, look at this other thing. Um, And, and that was great. The reason why I'm going to those other production roles and not the director on this one is because I don't think he really, understood the assignment um the big like wow moment that a movie like this has is when you do that long take Mm -hmm. the long take is usually the thing like if there's a production thing that people talk about with goodfellas it's that long take yeah, that goes from from the street through the alley into the, the the kitchen into the, you know, the dining room. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. And, and it is a, a feat of filmmaking. That's what I think he was hoping this would be. And it wasn't because the reason why you use that long take was totally lost on him. You use it to build tension, except there's no tension in the scene. Right. Right. Um, or you use it to keep action going, and again, there's no action in the scene either. Everything takes place within a stairwell. Yeah. Really, when you think about it, you go from a room to a, to to like another room, one room to another room, and there's nothing to choreograph here. It's just a camera following a woman behaving insanely. Right. And and not even insane in a. Um, in an understandable way, because if she was actually like clinically insane, I would say, oh, OK, well, you know, then at least there's something in character here. She just wasn't doing anything at all. Yeah. She wasn't even looking for the bait. Like the moment. The moment you see your husband fall from the second floor of your house, which is rather a high second floor. Yeah. And he's burning. I don't think. Well, let me go help him because he's fucking dead. And if he's not, he's going to hope he is right. Um, Go get the fucking baby. And she doesn't. (laughs) She walks around like downstairs. So the camera just follows her. And then there's these slow, deliberate camera pans over to like a cross that's no longer there.
1: Yeah. Also, like, why was she surprised that all the shit was gone when she's the one who took it down? to, to
0: me it just the i i don't think that the person to credit here is the director and and if if the director if rubenstein is the guy who did all of this the production uh you know the set dressing costumes cameras and lenses and all that then fucking kudos man that's what you should be doing right but i writing no directing no um and and, and, i don't know just beautiful to look at i wish that there was something more than just something um beautiful to look at here
1: yeah and and that's that's all i can kind of go to as well is yeah i just i wish that there was something else for us to kind of uh for us to mention uh but Mm. unfortunately there's not and so i mean i guess it's time for us to get to the end it's time for us to rate this thing so if you're new to the show or you need a quick reminder whenever we rate a movie we only rate it against itself yes we have made the occasional reference back to wasetta as there are similar themes kind of uh located in this but we're not rating this against wasetta or anything else we're only looking at what Tina and tina tried to bring to the screen and how well they did it so in order to do that we create a unique rating system for every movie and this particular time We've said it's like the one action thing that happened that seemed kind of interesting, even though it didn't make sense. So, Dave, out of a possible five flaming husbands, what do you give Tina and Tina? Uh,
0: there's a flaming husband in this movie, so I'm going to give it one. <laughs> I mean, and right? you know what? I'll, I'll give it another one because I did say it was beautiful to look at.
1: And for that exact same logic and none other. I too am giving it, I, I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of times we get to this point where we're talking about a movie and we, we're going to wax poetic and defend our, our rating. You know, it's, it's two flaming husbands because one, there is a flaming husband in the movie and two, yeah. But not even the way you want there to be. Right, yeah. Not, not the good kind of flaming husband, like the birdcage. Right. Um, <laughs> Fuck, we got to find a way to make the birdcage horror so we could do it on here. <laughs> Oh my God. Incredible. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, not even like in a good way. So yeah, well, there's that, it was pretty to look at, but man, other than those two things, this thing just kind of left me scratching my head. It it made me wonder it. It kind of pissed me off at Mm -hmm. times with the way that people were acting. It was, you know, you told you've, you watched this, uh, a day before yesterday, right? You watched this Monday. And, yeah, I think or, I think it was Monday. and texted me and uh, and I said, what do you think? And you said, oof, I had a very <laughs> strong reaction, but not the good kind like Demeter. Yeah. When this movie ended, I had the exact same thought. I was like, man, I'm having some really strong feelings here. And they're really not the kind of strong feelings I usually have after I finish this movie. So there's am, am I going to recommend this to people? Absolutely not. No. Um I, I'm, I'm but I'm I'm not gonna go as far as to bury it with the one because yeah, I mean there there were some great stills. There there mm-hmm. was some great color work and camera lenses and stuff like that. So this is the two Flaming Husbands.
0: There you go. So so that's two. That's um uh the lowest score we've given this year. Um I don't think it's the is it the lowest score we've ever given? I don't think we were. No, uh,
1: no, because Blood and Honey was a unanimous one. Oh, and, we did. Yeah. Uh, you weren't on the episode, but did phone in to make it three for three on Wickerman remake being a unanimous one for uh, a, a unanimous uh, one out of
0: five. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so i
1: believe so yes not not the not the lowest uh that, that we have done i believe we have two that scored unanimous ones
0: yeah uh, we got we got a, a comment here we got a little hand wave from uh duardian or yes. duardian uh there's like a yeah there's a there's an accent an acento there uh well, i don't duardian, know if maybe, if you're a
1: real person yeah. thanks for hanging in there and watching um yeah. Bots are alive and well, man. I don't know if you check our—I uh, <laughs> don't know if you check our, our Facebook Messenger, but we get a lot of folks in a there. A lot, yeah. Folks. Speaking <laughs> of our Facebook Messenger, if you'd like to reach out to us, there's a hundred ways you can do it. If you head to ShiverPod.com, you can find links to our Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And all of those are great ways to reach out to us. You're going to reach us the fastest on Instagram. Oh, he is real. Ah, he is real. Damn. He says
0: I'm real. Ha ha. Uh, right. And that is, the, that, that is the, the Spanish. Ha ha. So, um, uh, Duardian, if you're from, uh, from Spain, um, what, what do you all think there in, in Spain? ¿Te gustó la película? Did you like it? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm interested to, to know.
1: so uh, if you head to shiverpod.com you can find links to all of our social media you'll probably reach us the fastest on instagram uh try to post up there every day kind of slack on it on the weekends uh memes let you know what movie's coming up next we've got some great ideas about what we're going to be doing in february so make sure you check us out on all those social media outlets to see what we've got in store
0: absolutely so on behalf of all of us here on shiver fright you very much